Subject prophecy. It's a big one, isn't it? I've got some stuff here that you will know already. And hopefully there might be some stuff here that might just challenge you a little bit and might be a little bit different. But we need to know what we're talking about, don't we? We need to be clear what we're talking about. So I, I took the trouble to look in a dictionary. I looked in the Cambridge Dictionary. I looked in the Oxford Dictionary. It says, a statement that says what is going to happen in the future. Hmm. A prediction or a foretelling. If you go on Wikipedia, you get a slightly different message. It says, a message that has been communicated to a person by a supernatural being. I think actually they're getting a little bit closer to the biblical meaning of prophecy, hasn't it? Biblically, it is a message inspired by God through the Holy Spirit. It is a divine revelation. So it's not something that we thought up, it's something that God has given us. Peter in his epistle says this, he says, the prophets spoke from God as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. As they were moved. Hmm. So is it always about the future? Well, actually, our Bible doesn't say that. It's not always about the future. Um, if we look at the Old Testament, there's lots of prophets, aren't there? There's lots of prophetic words. Judges talks about people who were impoverished, who were in trouble, who were oppressed, and... Uh, they cried out to God and he sends a prophet and the prophet explains to them what the reality of their situation is. He says, uh, God said to you, I am the Lord, do not worship the gods of the Amorites, but you have not listened. That's pretty straightforward, isn't it? <laughs> pretty David gets a, a prophetic word from Nathan, doesn't he? He comes to him and he talks about, tells him a story. And it highlights to David his own sin, the things that he has messed up and made a mess of. Jesus speaks to the Samaritan woman. He doesn't talk about the future. He brings a prophetic word about the past. That opens her up. But even in Jesus' day, prophetic words and prophecy was not always understood correctly. We read that the guards who were holding Jesus just before they took him to Pilate were mocking him and beating him. And as they struck him, they said to him, Prophesy, tell me who struck you. But for us, it is a message from our Father God through his Holy Spirit that he's got for a specific purpose. It's 
for us to hear and then some action to come often out of that. So hearing, which is what we've been working on for quite a few weeks, hearing what the Holy Spirit says is absolutely crucial. So there are different ways to hear, aren't there? In the Old Testament, we see that Moses got the word of God by God's finger writing on some stone tablets. That must have been some experience, mustn't it? Daniel had a vision. An angel came and spoke to him. Peter and John at the transfiguration heard an audible voice. They heard a voice from God. How do you work out if it is God's voice that you're hearing? It might be something you see. It might be something that comes into your mind. It might be words. It might be a picture. It might be all sorts of different things because God chooses to speak in different ways. Timothy writing says this, he says, um, all scripture is inspired, it is God breathed. And God, you know, he never contradicts himself. He's always true, he is always right. Anybody here always right? <laughs> I was talking to somebody yesterday evening who's, uh, who said uh, his daughter has, she's now 28 I think, she's finally moved out of home. But he says, it's the last few years, it's been a nightmare because she is always right. Even when she's wrong, she's right. <laughs> but God is always right. But someone might say, well, surely there are special people who, who are prophets. Are they special people? Are there some set apart? In the Old Testament, we find that prophets were specifically chosen by God to bring a specific message. There was what we call limited revelation. Not everybody had the Spirit of God. But God spoke by His Spirit to individuals, and He gave them a particular purpose to speak. There were schools of prophets in the Old Testament. So they had to train themselves in hearing God and expressing it and working out how to say it and what to say and bless God with the things that they'd heard and challenge the people. And not all prophets in the Old Testament are actually true. Some of them were false prophets. Some of them made it up themselves 
or they put their own ideas into what they'd heard. Paul says this, he's writing to the Corinthians, he says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. That's interesting, isn't it? Eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. So it is a gift. It's not something we earn. It's something that God gives. He'd already said to them, he says, I don't want you to be ignorant of this. He says, the gift of the Spirit is for the common good. That's wisdom, knowledge, healing, miraculous powers, prophecy, distinguishing between spirits, speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit and he gives them to each one just as he determines. So he's saying eagerly desire, but it's up to the Spirit of God what he gives. But our, our job is to get motivated, isn't it? Is to eagerly desire. But what about these people who are called prophets in the New Testament? Ephesians 4, which some of us know very well, verse 7 says, To each one of us grace has been given as Christ appointed it. He gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. So are these prophets different from Paul who was talking to everybody in the whole congregation at Corinth where he says actually you can all prophesy these when he's talking to the Ephesians have a specific job he goes on to say your job you apostles prophets evangelists pastors and teachers are to prepare God's people for works of service so that the people of God reach unity in the faith, in the knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature like the wholeness of Christ. So there are people who have a specific role in prophecy, who hear from God, and their job is not to speak out words of prophecy, but to encourage and train and help everybody else in works of service. So how do we eagerly desire? What do we do if we're eagerly desiring to have this gift of prophecy? Jesus teaches how to pray, doesn't he? His disciples asked him, how do I pray? And he helps them. But he goes on to say, he tells them a story about persevering in prayer. They have to just keep going in prayer. You have to work at it. It's not just a one-off thing. And after that, he says more specifically, ask and it will be given to you. 
Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. Now, now we all know that, don't we? But actually doing that, particularly in the context of desiring spiritual gifts, is not something that we often address. It, it doesn't actually say it may be given to you. It says it will be given to you. So, what's it like to hear from God? I've asked Carol to come up and um, just share a little bit about what it's like. I'm going to get a... Thank you. Carol, just smile at her because she doesn't like being up the front. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so when did you first realize that God was speaking to you specifically with a word for somebody? Um, Going back to when I was a teenager, to be honest, um, I actually prayed for a different gift. And I was told by somebody who was prophetic, oh, you have the gift of prophecy. And I said, oh, do I? Um, And it was then only praying into that that uh, it began to to grow. Yeah. Um, But um, it's quite a a long period of of time. Quite a long period of time, yeah. Um, uh, Basically, my confidence grew yeah um but there was uh, one incident um when um we were in church and i think is that is that you saying something do, do, do i need to say this and i ummed and ahed and ummed and ahed and i just sat there umming and ahing <laughs> and then uh sally stands up and says word for word exactly what was in my head and I thought, ah, yes, it was you, Lord. Okay, I'll do better next time. Well, next time was the week after. And um, I'm going, oh, is that you again, Lord? Yeah, um, yeah, he says, no, you're not quick enough, Sally, stand up. <laughs> so Sally stood up, and I actually, I actually said it under my breath, word for word, exactly how you said it. So I thought, well, that's confirmation. The next week came. And I said, is that you? You're right, I'm standing up. I'm not getting <laughs> Sally's not standing up this time. <coughs> and the week before, I had prayed for boldness. Um, because I'm a wallflower. I like sitting at the back, not being noticed. Yeah. And um, to be able to bring a word... To a church, I needed to be able to go out the front just to prove that it was not just not just standing up. I needed to go out the front, and my legs were like jelly. And I'm walking up the front like this, and I gave the word. And the elation that I felt after giving it was phenomenal. I mean, joy was overflowing, yeah. and I was so pleased that I had actually done it. 
but thank you, Sally, for all those confirmations that you gave me unknowingly um, that it was God's voice I was hearing. Yeah, fantastic. So you've given us a bit of flavour of what it feels like too, haven't you? Because it does, yeah. if, you, if you hear from God and then you get confirmation from something else that happens, do you, do you get confirmation in different ways? I, I, uh, my, my heart races and I get butterflies every single time. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, it, it's uh, sort of like a, a knock or, or like um, dialing on your phone, you know, yeah. somebody's calling. And uh, it, it, the, the ringtone is um, butterflies <laughs> and um, a racing heart. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> so how do you know it's him? It's, it's very different from the way I think. Yeah. Um, or sometimes um, my attention is just drawn to something that I wasn't looking at or I have... Um, pictures or words pop into my head um, about nothing that I was even thinking of. I could, I could be singing and then something pops into my head um, quite random sometimes. Mm. Um, I have actually been woken up in the middle of the night um, mm. with him calling my name, just like Samuel, really. Yeah. Um, very, very clear, as if was, there's somebody standing next to me. I, I literally woke up and thought, oh, is that the kids? And then suddenly realised, oh, Don, they wouldn't call me Carol. Um, <laughs> um, and then um, sort of like drifting back into sleep and then it came again, Carol. I thought, okay, yes, I'm listening. I'm not going to do three times. <laughs> um, and, yeah, that, that's been very specific, you know, mm. and I, it's very clearly, <coughs> you need to pray for so-and-so now. Yeah. I prayed and then fell straight to sleep again. Mm. Um, so sometimes it's just very, very specific. But that is the, that is the one time that it, it's very loud and very, yeah. very clear. But mostly it's like having a conversation with somebody at the end of a telephone. Yeah. Um, the more you know the person, mm. the more you recognise their voice when they ring. Yeah. You know, and um, that, that's what it's like for mm. me. Over the years, and it has been years, I, I recognise his voice and um, that racing heart gives me the thing. And there is always, always confirmation from somewhere else. Mm. Um, two or three, maybe even four confirmations that that is what he's talking about because it's always on the same line. Mm. Um, it may be through a song or some prayer somebody else has had a Bible reading, it could be anything. Um, but uh, there is always, always confirmation. Great. Lovely. Thank you, Carol. Well done. God speaks in lots of different ways. And it is different for everybody. I remember one occasion when I'm, all of a sudden I got a pain in my left leg for no apparent reason. I had a pain running right down my left leg. And then I got a sense that actually God was saying, you need to share that because somebody here is going to receive healing in their left leg. So I shared it, somebody came forward and we prayed together. 
And God did this fantastic thing of touching somebody. It is such a wonderful feeling to know that you've been used by God. Isn't it? It is wonderful. We know, of course, that God never gets it wrong. I've said that already, haven't I? He never contradicts himself. But, of course, we can get it wrong sometimes. And we heard when Paul spoke a couple of weeks ago about those who got it awry. Those Paul had heard very clearly from God that he was to go to, to Jerusalem. And he got to a church and the scripture says, in the spirit, people tried to dissuade him from going. Hmm. And then we have Agabus, don't we, to, to um, come along and he wraps himself in, a, in Paul's belt, ties himself up. He heard from God very specifically what he was supposed to do and he did it. And that sense of obedience is wonderful. But then he moved on to, to actually the interpretation. And we heard from Paul that he got most of the interpretation right because he knew that someone was going, the owner of the belt was going to get tied up. But he didn't get it all right because he said that the Jews would tie him up and actually it was the Romans who tied him up. So when we hear from God, we just got to be clear that actually we don't always get it right or we might get 50% right, or 60% right, or 80% right. But we've got to give space for the fact that we only hear in part, the Bible says. And we've had occasions in church, haven't we, where someone has brought a picture, and they've asked God for an interpretation. What does it mean, God? And they haven't got anything, but they've faithfully given the picture. And then God gives the interpretation, the meaning, to somebody else to share. Because God just likes to do things differently. So let's stick to hearing. It might be, as Carol said, it might be something that comes to you, that creates butterflies. It might be a thought that drops into your mind. It might be that you just get this sense of look outside or look at that. And then God says to you, what do you see? And then you ask him, what? I'm seeing this, what does it mean? I've had that experience, I must admit, that where God has said to me, have a look at that out that window and you can see a tree and I ask God what is that what, what is it about that that you want to convey and then into my mind drops a word first question to ask of course is is it from God Our natural reaction is when we get something drop into our mind or we see something or, or something just happens, we, we, 
we think, that can't be from God, it's, I've just made that up. So how do we know it's from God? The first thing is that we need to know our Bibles because in our Bibles we have the character of God declared for us. And God, as I said, never contradicts himself. He's always consistent. So if you've got something drops into your mind that is contrary to the word of God, you can be pretty sure it's actually not from God. We have an enemy, of course. And that enemy has a few things up his sleeve. He is described as the accuser. He's described as the destroyer. He's described as the hater. So if you have some thoughts come into your mind that have the characteristics of hatred or are a destructive or accusing someone, you can say, well, actually, is this God or is it not? It might be not from God. It might be from our enemy. See, to be consistent with the word of God and his character, Paul puts it this way. He says, it the word, whatever it comes, is for the strengthening, encouragement, and comfort of others. It's for the common good, specifically for strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. So if what you hear isn't consistent with that, you can say, well, actually, I'm not sure I'm hearing God here. And part of the conversation that you have with God is actually to understand and to be sure that what you're hearing is right. Having been convinced that you've heard, of course, you've got to ask the question, what does it mean? Is there a specific meaning that God is trying to convey, either to me or to somebody else. What's it about? The next question is, of course, who's it for? Is God speaking to you for you? Or is he speaking to you for you to convey something to somebody else? Or is he speaking to you for you to convey something to the whole community of the church? Or is he speaking to you in Sainsbury's and it's for the lady who's just walking up the aisle who's coming to, who you don't know. But God's got a specific message for her. Could be any one of those things. And the key thing that Carol said was that she learned to be obedient. And that's the battle that we all face, isn't it? We, we hear something, we're not sure what it is, what to do with it. Do we follow through or do we hold back? And God 
just gets excited when we're obedient. So having then asked God who it's for, we then have to ask the question, well, how do I share it? If it's a vision, if it's a picture, do I have the meaning? Or do I just give the picture? Do I speak it out loud? Or do I go home and think about it and pray about it? Um, If it's for somebody else, of course, you can then say, well, actually, the meaning is this. And do you then take another step and say, well, this is what you need to do. This, 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 and this, and this. Then, of course, what you might well be doing is going beyond what God has given to you. Because the responsibility to hear, if it's for somebody else, is for them, not for you. So, hearing is a something we should desire, each one of us. It's possible for any one of us, in fact, for all of us, to hear the voice of God. And we can all enter into a conversation with God about what we're seeing or what we're hearing, what we've received. And when we've understood it a little, we've then got to ask, well, who's it for? And when do I give it? You know, is it for today? Or is it something I should go and pray about and ask God for a bit more so that I understand it a bit more? And then you know, it might be something that, that actually is for next week or for the week after. Or it might be for, for someone that I'm going to meet on Wednesday or Thursday. Is it going to be given in love? to strengthen, encourage, and comfort. One of the things I noticed was that God never shouts. Often in the, in the scriptures, you hear this, God talks about coming to people. And he talks about the still, small voice. See, God's big enough and strong enough that he doesn't need to shout. But sometimes we miss the still small voice, don't we? We have to admit it. We, now God says something and or we have a thought drop into our mind and then we, then we miss it. God is quite aware of everything that is going on in here. And in here. He sees it all, he knows it all. In fact... It's possible that he knows that you're going to miss it before you miss it. But just so that you don't put whoever you're speaking to with a word of prophecy, put them under pressure. It is much better to say, I believe God has said this, rather than saying, God says this, this, and this. Because if you say, God says this, 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 what's the, the reaction? for the, Have they got anywhere to go? See, so if you're on the other end 
of receiving something from God, what, what's it like to have someone come and say, God says? You see, one of the things that the Spirit of God is, does for us, he speaks to us individually And the question you ask yourself if you've received a word from somebody is, does it resonate with me? Does it touch my spirit? Or is it not? Does it strike a chord with me? I had something very specific about four weeks ago when I was starting to prepare for this. And I felt the Spirit say to me, you are not God's policeman. You are not God's judge. God says, he is the judge of all. And the person who brings conviction is the Holy Spirit. You see, in the Old Testament, the Spirit wasn't given in the same way. They were different times before Jesus. And then we had specific prophets who had a specific role, and some of the things they brought were really challenging. And they had to face up to people and say some tough words. But New Testament times that we live in is different because the Spirit has been given to all. And not only that, we actually have a church structure that has specifically been designated by God for those who are the church leaders, the elders, to be specifically, they're called to be shepherds. For those who are to care for the flock, to provide for the flock. And God has given them specific authority. So if there's areas of discipline, it's their job to deal with it. It's not everybody's job to deal with it. Now, does that mean you never challenge anybody because of their behavior? No. But when you come to talk to somebody about you've seen some, somebody do something, you think you might have a word from God, the whole point is that there is restoration for anyone who's gone astray. Isn't that right? God wants, he is so full of compassion, he is so full of love that he wants restoration. He doesn't want condemnation, he wants restoration. So we have to make sure that what we do and what we say is done in love, with care. You see, it's very clear from the Bible that God knows everything about us. And Psalm 139 says, Lord, you search me and you know me. He goes on with more and more about how he knows us. But a little bit later on, the psalmist says in Psalm 145, The Lord is gracious 
and compassionate, slow to anger, and rich in love. So when you're coming with something, when you think you hear something from God, does it fit those characteristics of our wonderful Father? Ask that question first. It is his will that each of us hears his voice. But he wants us to desire it. He wants us to ask, to seek, and to knock. It is a fantastic privilege to hear the voice of God and to bring it to somebody else or even just to bring release for yourself. But bringing it for somebody else, which then brings release or restoration, is what a privilege. It's fantastic.